Welcome back to Soul Back. This is the R&B Podcast. Kyle here, back with Tom and Ed. Guys, Happy New Year. Happy New Year, players. I am very happy to be back with the crew, and I'm happy that this podcast did not get canceled in my absence. Thank you for not running us into the ground. Yeah, we took a few weeks off, and I think we're all fired up this time around, right? Oh, there's enough drama going on in the world of music that got us all heated. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, let's start out with something that, uh, is kind of controversial, Tom. Uh, Ed on Twitter stated that the candy flavored watermelon or, or wa- the artificial flavored watermelon tastes better than the actual fruit. Do you agree or disagree? With <laughs> Ed, you're making outrageous statements on Twitter again. Well, that's, you know, that's every day, but yes, watermelon <laughs> is trash. The actual watermelon. Actually, I'm not a fan of any melon. Cantaloupe, all that stuff. It tastes like nothing. Like, watermelon. Tell me what the watermelon fruit tastes like. It tastes like water. That's why it's called watermelon. Tastes like nothing. Listen, Ed, stuff that's good for you doesn't taste good. That's the point of it. Oh, don't remind me. I'm doing this month-long fast thing, and it sure ain't fun. Oh boy! Healthy Head foods on a don't taste good. Ugh. Not good, guys. Well, I've got a couple of uh, hard-hitting questions for you guys to start this uh, podcast off with. Can't wait for this when you're behind the questions. <laughs> so, do you guys remember the rapper Vita on Murder Inc? Of course, Tom's favorite yep. female rapper. Oh my goodness! Yes. <laughs> Um, apparently she's related to Kima of Total, their siblings. Did you guys know this? I remember rumors of them being related, but I didn't remember them being siblings. Yeah, I had no idea. So, <laughs> all right. Shout out to Vita. Also, how um, is that a, that's a hard-hitting qu- question? Oh my yeah, God. I was like, no, no. where's the question <laughs> No, no. The hard-hitting <laughs> question is, because I saw it on Ed Cypher, somebody asked... Okay. Of the people in this cipher, who do you think is on an artist's payroll? Now, Tom, I know you're a Van Justice manager, but who do you think is on Ed's? Who, who do you think pays Ed to stand for the, them? Oh, let's. See. I don't. You know, honestly, I don't think Ed stands for anyone really, except for aside from Keith Sweat. Who, when Ed interviewed Keith Sweat, I could tell he was on the payroll based on the way he treated Ed. No offense. Oh to God. Keith. But uh, <laughs> uh, well, that was, that's real. The only other person I can think of is Mayor Hawthorne from when he made Ed put those songs in our countdown like five years ago. Wow, that was it? May- wow, Mayor Hawthorne. I forgot all about that guy. Shout out to Mayor. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> wow. Mayor Hawthorne's payroll. Good lord. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Well, we all know uh, that Kyle actually, is getting those leftover Murder, Inc. books the way he stands after Ashanti and brings up Vita after all these years. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> all right. Serious hard-hitting question, guys. This is actually another question that the Cypher asked. Uh, when it comes to concerts, if you know that it, this concert is only going to be standing only, are you going to go or are you going to skip? Ed? Player, my standing days are long gone, and I will tell you why. I went to a concert with my wife about a year or so ago. It was a hip-hop show. I won't name the artist, but we went to the show. I was very excited to see said artist. However, there were about 17 opening acts with like 20 minutes between each opening act. The artist we went we wanted to see came on like five hours later. There was like copious amounts of the sticky icky being smoked around. <laughs> Some guy smoked so much, he passed out and fell on my wife, almost knocked her over. Oh, my. (laughs) My knees are no longer holding up because I got to go to the bathroom. I'm standing up. By the time I see the artist I wanted to see, whose show was good, by the way. He was a great performer. But I was like, I can't do these standing shows. And I've been to a standing show since, and it wasn't that bad. But that one experience was like... No more standing shows, especially for hip-hop artists, especially when I know it's going to run late. I am not old enough. That was actually an interesting question you asked, Kyle, because we got some great responses. First of all, as press members, they don't ever give us a seat. 
So I've been through show hours long shows just standing from the time the doors open till the, the end of the show hours later. It's not much fun, even as, as someone in their 30s. But, man, people were pretty honest, and I never realized. It was a bit of an eye-opener. People, and this is no offense, this is just real life. People saying, I'm overweight, I have knee problems, I have back problems, yeah. you know, I have disabilities. Like, I never realized, you know, because I don't usually think about it, but, like, that keeps a lot of people away from going to these shows. That's crazy. Yeah, it certainly Actually, does. Actually, someone, and... someone, someone wrote, I'm 36, overweight. And hell yeah, I'll still stand at these shows. You gotta get it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I mean, props. I'm not overweight, but y'all know I just hit 40, and my knees know they're 40. So after I'm standing <laughs> like 45 minutes, I start feeling it. I, no matter how great, and I've seen some great standing shows. I remember seeing Life Jennings. This was years and years ago, and it was just a standing show. It was literally him, just like in the middle of the floor with a stool. Just like playing this guitar, one of my favorite shows ever. So it can work, but play, I can't do it like I used to. Now the key, guys, <laughs> I figured out the key after all these years of covering these shows. You got to find a pole somewhere in the building and, yep. and just lean on that thing all night. Hold it up. <laughs> yep. That's a veteran move. I've done that. <laughs> Go to the pole. You guys need to do better. You guys got to, you know, <laughs> you got to get back to your early 20s. When you can just stand for hours and not complain. Oh, says the young man. It's your day is coming, player. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. So a couple more hard-hitting questions for you guys now. Uh, are we forgiving Chrisette Michelle yet, Ed? Oh, God. Chrisette Michelle. Let me speak on Chrisette Michelle for a minute. It's a new decade. And for you wokes. So I think for Ed, you wokes and y'all just mad. I all I, oh, listen. I will keep it real, no matter the decade. And if you're mad, you can go to Et Bowser on Twitter to yell at me there. I was never that upset with Keisha Cole. I was not Keisha Cole. Chris, uh, Chrisette Michelle. <laughs> I mean, I was disappointed. I didn't like the choice that she made. But to be like, I am going to cancel her. I am no longer going to support her music. That's so stupid. And to be fair. A lot of these people who were canceling her, they weren't listening to her music anyway. They weren't fans. They were just random Twitter dummies. So, no. I think that get over the whole cancellation thing. The bigger issue is, unfortunately, and as big a fan of hers as I am, as you all know, I just talked about how her album Better was one of the most under, underrated albums of the past decade. But... It's been a long time since 2013, and it's been a long time since we got a quality project. And a lot of people will say, oh, she hasn't put out anything in years. Yes, she has. You didn't hear about it because it wasn't too good. So the bigger sin is that we haven't gotten anything good as opposed to whose stage she performed on. But that's just me. I remember Mm. after that whole situation went down and we tried featuring her her newer music we got a lot of pushback and people were actually upset we would still support her it's it seems like it's faded i think people even forgot what they were mad at her for but i will right. say i I've, I've seen her fan base dwindle big time i mean to the point where yeah. she doesn't really i mean she was one of the bigger names but not only that but she hasn't really released great music over over the years and that's kind of hurt her too so those the combination of those two things have really hurt her in my opinion for what i've seen and you got to also yeah. remember, along with the Trump stuff, there was other bad press that was going on with, like, the thing that was going on. What was it? Was she had either had a oh, child or lost a child? Yeah, the fetus yeah. picture. It was just oh, a lot of yeah. ill-advised things that went on after that. So I wouldn't just say that that was the reason she's had these issues, but it's one of the things that have compounded it. But as I said on Twitter, you are always a hit away from redemption. I don't care who you beat. I don't care who you shoot. I don't care whose daughter you stole and put in a dungeon. If you give somebody a hit, everybody forgives you. So she's just a hit away. Can I ask you this, Kyle? Can Chrisette Michelle in 2020 even have another hit? I don't think so. I think. (laughs) I mean, what what was her last radio single? A couple of forever, wasn't it? It was a while. I mean, that was. had to have something since then. Twenty third? No, that was it. Maybe I, I don't. That I was, think it? it was Twenty thirteen, but yeah, I guess you're um, right. Gee. Yeah, I think her fan base has 
diminished greatly since then. And I don't think there's an interest for her music because the next question I was going to ask you guys, is she on the same level as a Jasmine Sullivan when it comes to, you know, respect level in R&B? Because people love Jasmine. I don't know if Chris gets that same respect. No, she doesn't. Mm. And unfortunately, I don't know if... It's kind of hard to have this conversation because at Chrisette's peak, the industry was so different than it is now. Mm. Even though it wasn't that long ago, things have changed so much over the past decade. And I don't know that she's ever had the the groundswell of support that Jasmine had. And a lot of Jasmine's support is she's an underdog that fans feel like has been... They know that she's talented and they feel like, hey, y'all, I've not supported this woman like you should have so we're going to be rabidly pushing her I mean don't get me wrong I'm one of those she's one of the best we got I don't know if Chrisette has ever had that rabid fan base behind her yeah, I'll say this though man I I think you're a big fan Kyle and I actually think she's a really talented artist and has put out some great music and has almost become underrated because of everything that's gone on yeah. but man yep. Motown really dropped the ball with her album Better which we thought was probably her best one in 2013 because it didn't really get a push. It kind of just faded away. And I think it was one of our favorites that year. And her single was definitely one of our favorites. But I think that was the turning point, unfortunately, for her. It didn't go as well as planned. And then she kind of went indie and faded away. But, ah, man, she could have been in such a higher standing at this point, I feel like. It almost should be held higher. Yep. I agree. Um... Do we need a couple more hard-hitting questions here? Or do you want, I'll give you guys a couple more here. Mariah Carey, All I Want for Christmas Is You, became the first number one song for her in the 2010s as well as the 2020s. A big accomplishment no matter how you look at it, but it was also the first artist to ever go from number one to dropping out of the charts entirely because um, I guess the holiday season ended. When you put this all in totality, how do you measure this against some of her other accomplishments throughout her career? Is it at the top? Is it at the bottom? Is it in the middle? Like, where do you guys rank this? Mm, I, I would say that it's in, I mean, when you get a number one, you can't ever say it's like at the bottom. I think it's an interesting footnote. But really, to me, it just shows more the power of not only social media, but also the way the charts have changed. Because player there's been so much weirdness with the charts that we've seen in the past decade um i don't this is probably since i was on the last podcast i released this list of the one hit wonders of the past decade and there were so many songs that people were like oh you should put this song up there you should put that song up there but when i looked and researched the artists the artists that we thought were one hit wonders they have like five or six platinum singles i'm like what on earth is this the way that the charts have been with streaming and everything else is taken into account, the charts are just like Wild West. So you see stuff that'll be number one for a week or go platinum overnight and then just go to 137 the next week. It really, to me, shows the power of that song, but also just shows how crazy the charts are. So as far as ranking it with Mariah's accomplishments, I wouldn't put it at the top. I guess it's in the middle. It's just kind of a... Sh- tale that shows we have some weird times but also shows that you can be a legend kind of established artist and you can still make it to the top of the charts if you got a hit and you got a loyal fan base mm. Tom you and I had some conversations about the success of this record because it seems like every year it gets bigger and bigger and this year I know Mariah really had a campaign going really pushed that song to number one what are your overall thoughts about the success of this it's interesting, actually, because we talked a lot about it. I really think she put money behind it to get it over the, you know, push it to the the heights it got to, just because she knew of the stakes that were on the line, which is fine. Because there was a lot of actually great songs that came out of the '90s that you know Christmas songs where you don't see the artists pushing them like like Mariah did. I mean. Obviously, you're always going to have these old songs in rotation every holiday. It's just the way it goes. And Mariah's is getting to the point where it's, you know, it is also a staple. But, like, we had some R&B artists who put out some great songs in the 90s, but you don't see them pushing to promote them. Like, like Ed, TLC's Sleigh Ride is an amazing original holiday song to me. I don't see that that song doesn't even get played anymore or really supported. Boys to Men and Brian no. McKnight. 
Let It Snow, another original great song. They're not doing a campaign to try to push it. Just because, I mean, it's just a different situation. I guess the right. Mariah song is, is more loved. I don't know. But, I mean, at the same time, you look at an artist like a, um, you know, This Christmas, Donny Hathaway, you know, song has been covered so many times. He's not even here to, to promote it, and it still gets played. It's a classic, all-time classic. But you see Mariah, the work she's putting in behind the scenes, which is cool to see. you got to respect it. But, I mean, I don't know. I just think there's some other factors involved, you know, as why that was the one that ended up getting the records it did. Right. And see, it kind of goes to my point, Tom, because you've got Mariah, who was like, I am determined to make this happen. She put money yeah. behind it. This doesn't just happen by accident. Because you don't see Brian McKnight out here like, look, y'all, we're yeah. going to make Let It Snow <laughs> go to number one. But Mariah's got that fan base. She's got the money. She's got the social media power. So, yeah, it doesn't surprise me that it hit number one. But if it sustained number one, I'd be like, okay, there's something here. But the fact that it went to number one and it immediately fell off the face of the earth, it shows that what are Mariah's fans called? The Mariah Martians, whatever. Okay, the lambs. lambs. (laughs) Well, the lambs did their job. They got it to number one, and then they went back to do whatever lambs do. So it got there. It fell off. I feel like, as Tom said, it was a calculated thing that they did. They made it happen. She got another number one. Good for her. But it just shows the power of social media, the shop power of the fan base, the power of throwing some money behind it, and also the wackiness of charts. Hmm. I was going to say, Ed, Mariah's biggest accomplishment is not this Christmas song. It's the fact that she made you listen to We Belong Together for like four months straight nonstop on the radio. Uh, oh, my <laughs> gosh. I still have to clean the vomit out of my car all soaked into my upholstery. I got so sick of that song. Between that and that <laughs> Sierra song, turn me off of the radio for good. Jeez. All right. I have some more hard-hitting questions for you guys in a bit, but let's get into the new music really quickly. We might be able to create Kyle, some discussions Kyle, on this. Yes? Yep. Kyle, but before we do that, can I give a quick shout-out? Uh, yes, you can. I would like to give out a shout-out to um, the YouTube commenter AD Jr. Does anyone know who that oh, is? Oh, boy. No, no, I don't know AD Jr. Put me on game. This piece of trash decided to call out my boy Kyle on his amazing Magoo interview saying the interviewer was boring and he was a horrible interviewer. But I love the stories that Magoo shared. I just have no time for this minute. type of hatred. Wait a minute, player. So he said that the interviewer was trash, but he liked the interview. That's yep. like saying, I couldn't stand that man who cooked Thanksgiving dinner. But man, that Thanksgiving dinner was good. You got what you came for, which was fulfillment. <laughs> So shut up. Yep. The man did his job went, well if you enjoyed the interview. He went as far to say someone else from that era should have done it. I mean, no one else from Wait, the era what? was trying to do an interview with Magoo. Yes. This guy. Someone from that era? So everybody. <laughs> first of all, player. See, now I'm getting hot. Because here, you know how it is. I can go off on my boys, but nobody can go on the, off on my boys but me. So... What in the world? Someone from that era? Most of the people from the era are too busy trying to chase down these Ray Shermerts or however you say it, these little trap people, because they're trying to stay relevant. How many people from that era do you see looking back at the past saying, we want to find out what's going on with these artists that we love and that we haven't heard from for whatever? That's what you know I got sold. That's what Soul and Stereo is here to do. Remind people of the past and not throw them aside to chase the new hotness. While you're over here trying to gas up the summer walkers of the game, we're trying to see the people <laughs> who laid the foundation. So you, if you enjoy the interview, clearly, listen, I know Magoo well enough to know that he didn't carry that interview by himself. So the interviewer was the person that set the stage. If you like the interview, the interviewer did a good job. Your hating is irrelevant. Thank you for your click, hmm. player. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll say this before we get into the new music. My girl actually uh, saw the comment the same time I did on YouTube, and she was like, this doesn't affect you? I'm like, no, we get hate all the time, so it's all good. <laughs> we do, yeah, actually, believe it or not. Shake it off. It's, it's crazy, good, man. Though. There's broken people out there. They're just miserable people. Kyle went through a lot to even try to get that interview. It took some time, you, and, and you know. 
You know, I know. Months. We've been working on that for like months. There was this yep. went. This was for months. He like pulled yep. a Nivea for a little while and came back. <laughs> we'll get into that anyway. whole story another day. Let's let's get into this new music. Alicia Keys. Uh, she has a new song written by Ed Sheeran. Tom, isn't this what you want to hear from A Keys? <laughs> well, someone. <laughs> Someone interestingly on, on our comments said, I, I want the soulful Alicia back. And I, I responded and said, when was the last time we heard the soulful Alicia? Over a decade ago? And if you think about it, it's actually true. So we're not getting the Alicia Keys we want back, guys. I don't think so. No, it's long gone. It's funny that like, that Kyle prefaced that by saying a song written by Ed Sheeran. Because when I heard the song, it sounded like Ed Sheeran. It sounded like Ed Sheeran put on an Alicia Keys mask and sang the song because it sounds exactly like his stuff. Player. We, I don't understand why Alicia, I'm all here for evolution. I've talked about this a million times when the stands say, oh, you just don't want to sound like the 90s. No, I don't want someone to sound like the 90s. I want someone to sound like themselves. I don't want Alicia to sound like Ed Sheeran. I don't mind Ed Sheeran. If I want to hear Ed Sheeran, I'll pull up Ed Sheeran. I'm not going to pull up Alicia Keys. I want Alicia to sound like Alicia. Can it evolve? Can it be different? Sure. Can it not sound like a clone of somebody else? That would help. I feel like poor Alicia is just so lost trying to find her sound that she is all over the place. This sounds like some mess that you throw on to you wash dishes to. Not something that I'm used to from <laughs> <Ow>. Alicia. I pass. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so guys, the song is called Underdog, and I'm gonna say this, and not to bring Usher back into it, but you know what, you know how I do. I like to bring my boy back. I know. Ugh. You know how for the last decade we've been waiting on Usher to make a comeback because we thought he was capable of doing so, and we thought he had not only the skill, but he also had just the right qualities to make a huge comeback. I think Alicia Keys has no chance at all to make mm. a comeback with her sound. I don't think it's coming back. I, I want to disagree, but the reason why I always assumed that Usher had the ability to come back is because you would always hear glimpses of it. Usually when he was on, like, doing a hook for somebody from some rapper or something. You're like, okay, that's the Usher we know. Why can't we get that Usher back instead of getting watered down fake future sounding songs? But Alicia is so far gone, she doesn't even sound like the same human being that we heard in 2004 and five. So, I hate to say never, but you might be onto something. If we hear a Alicia come back and it's incredible, it'll surprise me. It's crazy when I, you know you made me think about her career, and I love Alicia Keys. I was a huge fan. Her first three albums to me, you could argue, were classics. I know that's debatable, and let's not get into it right now. But mm-hmm. after, you know, what really started to bother me is that song she did with Drake. And from there, it was just never the same for me. And that was definitely over a decade ago. So, yep. man. Uh, we're talking about one of the best of our generation, you know, of this generation of R&B. And like you said, just can't seem to find herself. I think she's stuck in this lane of trying to cater to pop, but also trying to be herself. And it's just like she's trying to ad- adopt a new sound in every album. And it's... Ugh. It's it's like watching a train wreck a bit because I don't really like any of it, and I'm like I said, I was a huge fan, so I don't know. That's what yeah. happened. Uh, not too long ago, if you recall, you can check it out on Soul and Stereo. I went through and ranked her whole discography, and when I do those rankings, it's an opportunity for me to basically listen to an artist from the beginning to the end, so I can have like a just total, I can totally absorb their entire career. And you can hear around 2009, 2010, where it's like she didn't know what she wanted to do. And her default was like, okay, I'm going to make some pop stuff. And I'm going to sprinkle some old school Alicia around it, but I'm going to do different versions of pop stuff. I don't know if it was the success of the pop records on the um, As I Am album or what. Because I feel like that's around the time that she was like, okay, I can do this and make it work. But since then... (sighs) She keeps chasing these sounds, and she'll try to do it a little differently each time. But it just does not work and gets further and further away from who she was. Yeah. You know what's crazy? Her latest single with Miguel, Show Me Love, which I think hit number one on Urban AC recently. I don't really see a lot of people talking about that song. 
I don't need... Well, I will say it was... I think it was when we dropped our list of the best songs of the decade. Something like that. There were a few stands that came out of the woodwork and was like, Oh, you shortchanged this song. This is going to be a hit and blah, blah, blah. It was okay. Like, it was better than some of the other stuff. But quite forgettable. Like, you, it's already kind of passed us by. I, I don't even think it matters. I, all I think that matters is this is not the same Alicia we grew to love and it's just it's just not the same you it, it, you see her name but it's just like you're not getting what you wanted based on what you fell in love with so that's the way i look at her when i hear her. i'm just not excited about hearing her music anymore right yeah yeah um i would say that as well like if you look at our facebook page when we posted our new usher when we posted usher's new single it got like 100 likes on it alicia keys gets like four likes on our page now so I think a lot of people yeah. are with you, Tom. They're not excited. Sad. So we shall see. The new album Alicia is set to release this spring. You know what, Kyle? I almost wonder yeah. if the same thing has happened to Neo over this past decade in terms of the excitement around his music with um, R&B fans. Yeah, I think to a degree, but you still have like a small contingency of fans that check out Neo's music. Yeah, that, I will yeah. say that Neo's fan yeah. base is still somewhat loyal. It's not as yeah. gigantic as it was in the end of the 2000s, but there are yeah. definitely some loyal folks, especially on, in the cypher, that love some Neo. And to his credit, even though I haven't loved a lot of his new music, every once in a while, he still, if he drops an album, he'll have three or four solid songs on it. He isn't completely gone by the wayside, but he's seen better days, but I don't wouldn't put him in the Alicia boat just yet. Yeah, good point. Mm. Yeah. Um, another song that came out is from the legendary John Legend, Conversations <laughs> in the Dark. I think this is featured on the NBC show This Is Us. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but it's like the saddest show ever. But uh... oh, I refuse to watch a show that makes me cry as much as y'all say it does. <laughs> but Ed... Why does John Legend keep making these wedding songs? Yeah, this song. And I know that, I'm. first of all, I'm talking to Kyle's. I'm talking to John Legend hater number one. And I have <laughs> defended him at times over the years. But good lord, every song, Conversation in the Dark, I just turned this conversation off. It is so sad. And it's supposed to be like an uplifting song. But it's so sad and moany. And he does that ooh, 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 thing that he does in every song <laughs> when he's trying to convey emotion. It just sounds like a seagull. I ain't feeling this one either. I I just don't like John Legend at all, guys. I'm sorry. Take me back to the mid two thousands. <laughs> I think you can say that for a lot of artists. But, uh, oh, jeez. Uh, I wanna like I I wanna <laughs> like him, but uh, it just. Uh. I, he's another one. It's been like a good decade since he's been able to hit. He he knows that he can make a pop hit, so he tries to do the pop stuff, but it's the same boring template. Hmm. Every one of his songs sounds the same. You know what's the weird thing about John Legend, though? No matter how snoozy his music gets, he continues to be elevated as a celebrity. I mean, yep. you saw he this was named the sexiest man of the year or whatever, and it's almost like he's just a celebrity at this point, and the music is almost secondary. It's kind of weird. No, but it's, it's I mean, it's 2020. I ought to say 2019. It's 2020. Look at the biggest celebrities or artists in music. Lil Nas X, Cardi B. Like, these people aren't good. People like them yeah. because they like them. They like their social media presence. Yep. They like what they say. They put out thirst trap pitch. They funny. So it's, the music is secondary. We support the music because we think they're funny. Great That's point. it. And it's and poor John Legend, even though he had the cred, the the credentials and the hits so before that, he stayed relevant because his wife stays popping off and he stays on social media. So he's yep. remained a celebrity, even though the music ain't been hitting since, good lord, since the Obama years. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, yeah, it's funny that you mentioned it. I was on YouTube yesterday, and one of the suggested videos for me was to watch him and his wife make fried chicken together. Oh, my goodness. I watched it. <laughs> what, what kind of video? It, it looked kind of good, actually. Of course. 
I think he's just mostly loved at this point because he's he's so against Trump and people just love him for that now. So, and he has a famous wife. Plus, he knows Kanye. Well, he must be cool for that too. Oh please! Well, I love him because he hates Trump. The rest of the stuff he. he... <laughs> Calm down, guys. Uh, let's talk about Luke James. His new single, "Blow." This is a lot different than the last couple of records we've heard from him, Tom. I actually uh, haven't really had a chance to check it out yet. What did you think? Um, I mean, he showcases his vocals, which is big. We all know Luke can sing, but Ed, I, I still want a record that was like his first EP. Do you remember when that came out? It was crazy. Oh, oh player, that first EP still, still gets play over in Soul and Stereo Studios. My wife is obsessed, and that thing is probably a decade old. She tears that yep. thing apart. But this song, I know I'm just like tearing everything apart to this episode, but it's well sung, but so forgettable. There's nothing about it that makes me want to remember what I just heard 20 seconds after it ends. I remember it's a song called Blow. I don't even remember what the word blow is in the song. I don't even know the lyric blow being in the song (laughs) because it's just that forgettable. He's... He's a great talent, a great voice, but this stuff that he's singing is just so generic. It's like they peel it off the American Idol list or something. Like, hey, I sing this. It sounds great, but it doesn't resonate. And as we heard from the other singles, I feel I worry about this album because I worry about the sound. We heard the upbeat song. We heard the classic sounding song. This is more kind of modern sounding, but still kind of vibey. It's it seems all over the place, and I worry about the state of the album if there's no consistent single so far. Hmm. hmm. Tom, what happened with Luke? At one point, we were calling him the savior of R&B. I'm going to say the label forced him to move to a sound he wasn't comfortable with, but maybe that's taking the easy way out. I just don't understand how he keeps getting all these acting gigs. I mean, I know his manager was Beyonce's choreographer or something which let him open for her on her tour but like he just seems to be getting a lot of opportunities people you know with his credentials don't seem to get glad for him he's a good dude but it's strange i mean but good for him he's doing well he's you know he's acting and thriving so i don't really have high expectations for his music at this point you know but i really haven't liked much he's done in a long time i never know what sound to expect it's kind of all over the place his album, his single covers have been really strange. He's like strippers and stuff. I don't know what's going yeah. on with that, but yeah. <laughs> so. But anyway, I'm a father now. I'm, a, I'm married. I can't be looking at strippers on on album covers here. <laughs> All right. I didn't even think uh, of that. Yeah, wife, it comes in there. You're sleeping on the couch, <laughs> yeah. and you're just like, I'm just trying to listen to Luke, Luke James. Dude, the worst <laughs> thing is, I'll be at work, right? You know, and I'll just have Instagram open on my phone. The, the worst possible thing that could happen is an Ashanti picture comes up on Instagram and someone walks by. I mean, what, how do you explain that? <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, boy, that's, that's happened to me. I work in the City Hall. Can you imagine some dignitary walking through and then you got some Cardi B-looking cover with the legs spread? You get caught <laughs> up. It makes you want to yeah. want to follow these people. I mean, why is Ashanti even... I don't get it, guys. I really don't get it. Well, Kyle gets it. That's all you need to worry about. <laughs> It's all it's all about those clicks and views, and she's done her job, so let her be, guys. Uh-huh. Uh, a couple more records here quickly. Uh, new artist, Jayla Darden. She dropped her EP, Onto Something. I really like this, guys. It reminds me of a young Brandy. I know a lot of our readers. Who was it that got us onto it? Slick Partner? Is that his name? Partner Slick? Yeah. yeah that's our boy. Yeah, shout out to Slick Partner. Yeah, he put us on to yeah, that, I so like- shout out to you. I like her a lot. I have not heard the EP. I've heard um, a couple of her songs. And I think she's got a lot of talent. She does sound pretty Brandy-ish. That's why I thought that Kyle would be a fan. But a lot of talent there. So I'll go check out the EP and see what's up. Right. And then another record that came out quickly, Kalani linked up with Keisha Cole for a song. And it's interesting. It's like a vibey, trendy type of track. And Kalani sounds great on it. Keisha Cole doesn't. I'm wondering if it's because of the trendy <laughs> production or if it's because she's not being vocally produced properly. 
Mm, it may be because of the latter more so than a former because I've heard her on some more trendy stuff on one of her more recent albums. She sounded okay. I haven't heard this song, so that's a little... I'm surprised that Kalani sounds as like outperforming Keisha Cole on a song. So <laughs> yeah. I'd be interested in hearing that. <laughs> uh, the record is called All Me, so check that out. And then a couple more notes here. Olivia, if you guys remember her from her G-Unit days, her J-Records days... She dropped a new mm-hmm. single, and Tom, apparently it's not very good. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> the thing is, um, you know, she made the song to premiere on the, her return, I guess, to uh, Love and Hip Hop or whatever. And uh, the sound sounds exactly like you'd expect to hear of something on that show. You know, super trendy, trappy, whatever the hell you want to call it. But you could tell she catered it to that audience. Unfortunately, you know, it's not for me. I don't know if you heard of that. No, I have not. Um, most of my soul and stereo readers know that I'm kind of a stand for J Records era Olivia. Not that it's all that great, but she had a couple of really fun records that came out of that time. So I kind of give her a pass. I didn't like her G-Unit stuff so much, but I always got to give old Olivia a pass because she had us biz and back in 2001. So that's the only. <laughs> I'll check out the new one. She... And she actually hadn't put out something before this single in a, a very long time. It was interesting. Pretty long hiatus. That's like long hiatus. Yeah. Do you think G-Unit fans still check for Olivia? No. G-Unit fans don't check for 50. Of course not. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, some more news for you guys. Casey and JoJo are both set to release new music soon. Casey announced that he'll be dropping a debut album when is it coming out? Did they say, Tom? No, they didn't say. Uh, JoJo has been promoting his single for six months now, but still hasn't released it for some reason. It's, it's such a weird situation. I'll tell <laughs> you what, though. Weird. The the response from... Actually, KC, I thought he signed a label deal. All he did was sign with management. So it's like, okay, what does that mean? I mean, I, it's a pretty reputable management. It's P Music Group. They... Uh, they managed Charlie Wilson and Johnny Gill and some others, but still, like, you don't even have a label deal or anything to release an album, so that's not even a final step. But anyway, mm. I thought people would be excited to hear this news of our readers. Man, people are super skeptical that either of them can even sing. I mean, last time we saw JoJo, he was a backup singer for Casey because his voice is so shot. And the last time we seen Casey, he was riding around on the security guard's shoulder snatching chicken wings. <laughs> And eating them and singing at the same time. (laughs) I don't know. What do you expect from this, Ed? I don't expect much. I mean, we will, everybody on this podcast and everyone who will be listening recognizes that these are two industry veterans. Definitely definitely deserve to be called legends in their own right. So, no disrespect there. But, unfortunately, when it comes to music, a lot of times you're only as good as your last offering. And it's been a long time since we got consistency from these Haley brothers. So I'll check it out, but I am not taking the day off to spend the time to check out these new projects. Because I <laughs> don't know what we're going to get. Well, guys, yeah. I spoke to Fantasia um, a couple months ago. When was her album? A couple months ago now. And she did mention mm-hmm. that uh, Casey is now sober. I think he had like a stroke. Not too long ago, and he's gotten his life together, and apparently Damn, he sounds really? great. He's eating healthy. He's dropped the alcohol, so who knows? We might see some KC magic. Hmm. Well, well, I certainly that, hope so. That's the thing, though. You, people don't even realize artists have to take care of their, of their, you know, vocal tool with, you know, their singing voice. Look at Charlie Wilson, man. He's, I think, he's sixty-seven, and he sounds better than all these guys that are, you know, half his age. It's crazy, but he takes care of himself. He had his own issues, actually, you know, a couple decades ago, but he made it out and uh, takes care of himself. He's got a new single coming in a few days, by the way, but, you know, people don't realize it's not like you just get up on stage and sing. There's a lot that goes into maintaining your health and and your vocals. Well, Mm. that goes back into what I've been fussing about for the past year, artist development, but, you know, Twitter tells me it don't matter. As long as you sing (laughs) on a record, you don't even have to show up to a show. What do we want from them? We don't. Why do we expect the artist to sing at a concert? Oh, we shouldn't have to worry about that. But yeah, this is a yeah. job, and like anything, if you want longevity, 
you got to work at it. There's a reason why Charlie Wilson sounds better than 20-year-olds, because he knows how to take care of his voice. These people yep. smoked it up at 23. Good luck <laughs> at having a career over 25. Right. <laughs> but guys, that seems like way too much work, you know, to be an artist for that long of time. Tom, wouldn't you rather just be Monica's photographer? Oh, God. Probably gets paid all the time. Here's like another thing. I, I don't understand this, Ed. <laughs> I, I thought about this the other day. So if, for those who aren't familiar, go log on to Monica's Instagram account. She literally has a photographer following her around every single day of her life, taking pictures of her, like posing, like model-type pictures, getting all dialed up. I don't understand the point, Ed. What is going on? Player, I, I understand the point. The point is to stay relevant because... As we talked about, like, no, not even 10 minutes ago. If a singer wants to be relevant, you don't make songs. That's silly. You don't drop hit mm. records. That's preposterous. What you do is you keep IG popping. That's how you become a big star. And unfortunately, despite having some of the best records of the 90s, incredible records in the 2000s, and some underrated stuff in the 2010s, she's got to feel like she's got to be stunting on IG to stay relevant. It's sad. It's sad that we have to do this because we shouldn't have to. Also, I wish I was her photographer. That's probably a pretty easy gig. Or maybe it's annoying. <laughs> I, I don't know. I will say, though, at least when you compare her to her and Ashanti, who are pretty much doing the same thing, except for Ashanti seems to always be on a beach or a yacht somewhere in a bathing suit and with not-safe-for-work pictures, at least Monica is taking classy photos, you know, and especially looping her family into them. You know, I can respect that portion of it. Oh yeah, no question. At least she's like looking like an you know, an a mom and an adult and a mature person, not a cartoon character, but it's still <laughs> weird. Like all all I want from these artists, I know I'm weird, but all I want from my artists is good music. I don't want I don't mm. care what your politics are, I don't care about what T V show you're watching, I don't really want to see your butt hanging out. I just want <laughs> good music. So like that's all I want. I know I'm in the minority these days, but yeah, Ed, speak for oh, yourself. Oh, I want to see butt cheats hanging, please. Oh, we know <laughs> what you want to see, Kyle. All, All kinds right, of I, cheats I do clapping. Ha- <laughs> I hope his girlfriend doesn't tune into this show. No, she doesn't. <laughs> 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 All right, I, I got a question for you guys here. So Monica dropped her single Commitment January 11th of 2019. So a year ago today, she dropped her lead single off her album or upcoming album, Chapter 38. So a couple things here. Um, the single came out a year ago. Chapter 38, 38 representing her age at the time. She's 39 now. Where the hell is the album? Oh. <laughs> First of all, yeah. I need that title to be edited quickly. Um, I don't know where the album is. And it's not like... I, first of all, I don't know what's going on in her, in her life. I didn't know if something was holding up. But as far as the musical landscape, it was certainly like... There was no opportunity for her to be like, well, I can't drop it. There's too much heat dropping. I'll get lost in the shuffle. The field is wide open for that chapter 38 or 9. So she need to go on and let that thing free. I mean, I was disappointed that her, she promised us the album. Carrie Hilson, same thing, promised us the music. Those were two of the bigger disappointments from last year. But... You know, I almost wonder if she even needs to drop an album at this stage of, of her career. Her single did really well. She's obviously remaining relevant. She could still do a ton of shows. I, she probably doesn't feel any pressure to release an album. She's a, a mother raising children. Like, she probably doesn't have... It's not a priority, in my, you know, from the way I can see it. Yeah. Nah, probably, you're probably right. Yeah. Um, on to some other news here. K. Michelle and Tank both made some interesting no, tweets. Oh, my... God. Over the weekend. And by the way, I'm going to be interviewing K. Michelle next week. So this is in a, very, a very timely matter when she tweeted this out. Very time sensitive. But K. Michelle tweeted, Up early listening to new R&B artists. And this is the best way to fall asleep. This shit has no soul and it's boring. It plays like one big <laughs> lullaby. I'm so confused by it. First and foremost, Tom, isn't this what you say like every week? It's frustrating. If you if you're not if you didn't grow up on you know if you grew up on '90s R&B and you hear this you're not going to really be interested. But not only that, it's not it's not meant for us though. This newer music is meant for a younger demographic, who kind of is into hip hop and doesn't expect a booming vocal performance. 
So, I mean, yeah, I, I, I wasn't mad at her saying that. All right. Well, Ed, your boy Tank, who we talk about every week on this Soulback podcast, said, I would like to apologize. every week. <laughs> I would like to apologize to all the young R&B artists who are just trying to figure it out in your generation. I see too much hate from old people about you, how you artistically articulate your R&B experience. Create it the way you feel. So what do you think Tank meant when he said this to the young fans? Tank, Bryson Taylor, Babs. <laughs> First of all, Mr. Darrell Babs, let, let, a, let a former fan holler at you right quick because I am quite heated with this. First of all, I want nobody talking to you. And for a tank to come jumping in the conversation, talking about old people, old people, like he ain't pushing 45. And like, K. Michelle isn't 10 years younger than him just because he has one little hot trap record. Now, all of a sudden, he Bryson Tiller. All that was was a chance to pander to his so-called young fan base. And for his young fan base... They sure weren't there for that last album or anything else past when we. So all these young people at Detroit, apparently you're speaking for a tank. They ain't checking for you. Because I last I, I saw that Elevation album ain't popping. I actually found Tank's comments to be a little hypocritical, you know, especially about doing what you feel, because Tank was the one who gave up on doing what he felt because no one was buying it. So he's really not doing he what has- he's feeling. He's doing what sells. <laughs> Let's be real here. He had a whole album called This Is How I Feel. And now it feels like he's trash. Now I'm going to bring it back because I know I'm heated. I'm heated because, first of all, no one was in this conversation. Secondly, I'm tired of what not only Tank is doing, but what fans are doing is not listening. You're not listening to what K. Michelle is saying. I have talked about it on this podcast a million times. What she is not saying, it's not old versus young. We keep trying to make this old versus young. That's not what this is about. K. Michelle is saying that everything that she's hearing in popular sounds is boring because there is absolutely no inflection in this new music. There is one note that they ride barely, note and quote, quote marks, because that's barely notes. Listen to a, uh, I'll put it like this. Let me put it like this. There was an article I read over the break that was talking about these new generation of R&B artists. And it was saying that this generation is the, the introverts. This is why they sound like this, because they're introverts. The devil is a lie. You know who one of the biggest introverts in R&B was? Aaliyah. Did Aaliyah's song sound like the same song every time? Absolutely not. Because even though she had a low register, we're not talking about screaming all over the track like like Kelly Price. We're talking about having ups and downs, rises and falls, inflection, storytelling, emotion. That is what's missing from your music. That has nothing to do with age. That is because you don't know what you're doing. And Tank knows this. Tank just sucking up to the kids, so hopefully they'll buy his next trap record, which they ain't going to do because you old, like the old people that you're coming for. They're not coming for you either. So what K. Michelle is saying is that she wants music that has inflections, passion, emotion, that makes you feel it. She's not feeling this music because there's nothing for her to feel not because they're young or because they're not from the 90s or whatever foolishness that we're talking about. At the end of the day, she just wants some artistry. And that's not what she's getting from younger artists. And that has nothing to do with age. And it has nothing to do with not having powerhouse vocals. Good point, Ed. Now, our good friends at Rated R&B, shout out to them. I'm glad I can read your tweets again. Uh, you guys, they they posted a <laughs> they posted a list of oh the top top albums of 2019, and actually, I was just scrolling through my timeline, and Tank commented on that list, and wrote, "I'm not on this list, but the goal wasn't to make any lists; it was all about the streams." So at least he's honest. <laughs> well, he wasn't on my list either, so I'm glad he's happy being left off of everyone's list. Mm. <laughs> 
Man, shout out to Tank. Uh, guys, can we get into the Soulback album of the day? Album of the day? Wow, what do you got? Well, Tom, you've been making some pretty cool posts on social media asking people what their favorite non-single is. And uh, I want to do one right now. What do you got? Um, let's go with here. The 112 debut album. What is your favorite non-single on this album? And then to make it interesting, mm. what song would you kick off the album? Hmm. I got to pull up the track list real quick. Yeah, somebody tell me the track list because All right. it's pretty well, hard you know to what? knock we, something off of that one. We won't even say best non-single. Let's just say best song and a song you would kick out. Okay. All right, I'm going to go through this. We have Now That We're Done... Pleasure and Pain, Cupid, Call My Name, Come See Me, Can I Touch You, I Can't Believe, Keep It Real, Only You Bad Boy Remix, I Will Be There, In Love With You, Just A Little While, Why Does, This Is Your Day, Throw It All Away, and Only You, Original Version. Good Lord, what a complete album. Oh, man. I haven't heard this I album would, in a long time, to be honest, because I, I don't listen to slow music as much anymore. I'm trying to think what I would... I feel like I would either dump Keep It Real, probably Keep It Real. I'd probably listen to that the least. i probably mm. dump that. For singles, kind of surprised Just a Little While wasn't a single. Hmm. But you could pick a bunch of them. Yeah. I actually like Tom. Hmm. It's tough to pick the the, the best non-single. Yeah. I really like that. I will be tough. there. Same. Yeah, I was gonna say that. Or just a little yep. while. Just a little while. Those two. I uh, between them two. Throw one away. Yeah. Probably the second track. Now that we're done. Yes, now that really, like, oh, that's a banger. That's a banger. I'm sorry to our boy. No, I said I'm throwing it out. You're oh, throwing you're throwing it out. out? What's wrong with you? Yeah, sorry to our boy Tim Kelly. You had some great songs on this album, but that was one of my lesser favorites. Wow. Hmm. I might actually, and this is a Tim and Bob song as well. Can I touch you? I think that one has to go. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I not. can see that. Yeah. What is wrong with you two? <laughs> yeah. And so many keep it. Y'all love keep it real that much. I can't even remember what that song is. Like that's the only song of the songs you named that I could not automatically just like hum it in my head. Good point. I don't know. I just remember listening to "Can I Touch You," and doesn't Slim start off the song by saying "Can I Touch You," and it's a, in a weird, creepy way. Can I touch you? Yeah, it is kind of. Yeah, it yeah. is a little. <laughs> can I touch you? <laughs> but leave my like, leave no the memories thing. alone. That's my song. Alright. Oh man. Alright, guys, can we get into the play of pleases really quickly? I yep. thought we just did it with K Michelle, but okay. No no. We got one and Tom's gonna be fired up about this one. Did you guys see Obama's playlist? Oh my uh, god. Yes, I saw that. God. Do we need to go I through the like list Obama. Or? <laughs> I feel like Obama pocketed probably like a cool 500000 to a million from the labels for this list. I mean, there's no way he even knows most of these songs or listens to them. I'm sorry. Let me tell you from... <laughs> I will just say this. That was his intern's playlist. That was not his playlist. That playlist, and I'll... It's just too all over the place. I know how these things work, and I know that a lot of times they're curated. I mean, I work for... As everybody knows, I work for the mayor of Birmingham. He comes out with these playlists all the time. And when he does, he's a very big music fan. So he'll be like, okay, we'll do a playlist. He'll give me a bunch of songs. This And you can tell they're songs he likes because they're consistent. These songs are like all over the place. So it's clearly a curated thing where like 10 people all submitted their favorite songs. And then they say, oh, we got to get in this one. The baby's hot. We got to put him in. This one's hot. We got to put that in. Oh, Snow Allegra's hot. We got to put her in. 
And then it's just like this big, massive mess that it's not necessarily bad songs, but nobody listens to something that off the wall. Guarantee you, Obama hasn't heard half of those people. <laughs> Can you imagine Obama just being miserable and crying listening to Summer Walker? I'd be crying if I was listening to Summer Walker, so I can't blame him. <laughs> Calm down. And uh, your girl Lizzo made the list. Can we rant about Lizzo again? Well, Lizzo was on the last list that he did, too, because I remember this list had like a bunch of asterisks beside it, and I was like, what does this mean? And it was like, also appeared on a previous list. Like, what? Why are you <laughs> making a playlist with the same songs on it? Again, proof that I don't think dude was actually making this thing. It seemed like something to please everybody. Hmm. Shout out to Obama. Hopefully next year Ashanti makes a list. I got money for you. I got the payola. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. Last thing I need is rock with you on an Obama playlist. (laughs) Oh yes. Uh, Speaking of payola, guys, uh, Justin Bieber, he dropped a new song, which apparently is considered R&B to some people. I'm not quite sure why. But some interesting <laughs> things going on here. Uh, he recently posted on his Instagram instructions for ways for his fans to stream his music, similar to what Chris Brown did with his Heartbreak on a Full Moon album. But Ed, he took it one step further. He told his fans to download a VPN if they're not from the States, connect to the VPN, at, at, and pretend they were part of the States so it would count towards the U.S. streams. That's extreme. What a piece of garbage. He also had a thing that was like, okay, guys, just that. And I like how he said, don't put it on mute. But he was like, build a playlist, put my song on it, play it while you're asleep. Don't put it on mute because that won't count towards it. I guess if you mute a song and have it play, I guess they're smart enough to know not to count that as a listen. But put it on mute, put it all the way as low as it can go before it gets to mute, play it on a loop. Like, what? Like, this is what we have to do? And then, of course, his lemmings of fans will do it because the almighty Bieber told us to. Like, why can't we celebrate songs? Why can't a song go to number one that people actually like and is good? Not something that we got to weird the system with all these tricks and smoke and mirrors. And by the way, the song is not good. I Before I heard the song, everybody was talking about this song and, oh, it's the return of Aaron Bieber and it's so great. And I listened to it and it sounded like every other trap song that ever trapped in existence. It's just him doing the fake rap stuff. Why are hmm. we hyped about this? Why are we making people listen to it in their sleep like some hypnosis type stuff? Man, I hate everybody. <laughs> It's just so annoying. I can't even comment. I'd well, Tom, to lead at this point. Tom, <laughs> what's interesting is like um, I've been on Twitter and Instagram, and I'll see like random celebrities or influencers, and they'll just tweet or post something along the lines of "Go stream Justin Bieber's new single Yummy Now." Man, Justin Bieber's team is paying everyone. We should get in on this. I mean. He probably makes a lot of money and also spends a lot of money. That's how it goes to stay at the top. Unfortunately, Katy Perry's team is not spending that money, it seems. (laughs) Nope. Katy Perry. We read a tweet recently that Katy Perry's team uh, got a bunch of people aged like 21 to 26 together to do a focus study just to find out why they think she's not at the top. You know, if someone paid us to do that for Usher, it would be the easiest like million dollars we'd ever make. (laughs) Boy, why don't why don't they ever call me for this? I am available. I'm available. Katie, you should have called me because you didn't need a focus group. All you need is one player to keep it real because clearly you don't have that on your team. And I would have told <laughs> you, boo, that you ain't got them because you're old. Like, that's it. Mm. Like, I don't know why these fan, these stars think that they can get in their mid-30s and they're still going to have the same fan base. Your mm. fans have aged out. So either you need to change up your style so you can talk to these new fans or stop chasing. You're talking to a whole different audience now. Like, that's dumb. Come on now. Change up your mm. stuff. Talk to a new audience. This audience is, look at a Mariah, who's my wife was the original Mariah fan. A lot of Mariah fans in 2020 kind of came on in the Emancipation era. No, my wife was a fan from when she debuted 
1991 on MTV. And she has stayed a fan because Mariah's sound has evolved for the past 30 years. Her original song doesn't sound like what she put out on Caution because she has evolved. Her She realized that her audience has grown and she's picked up new fans along the way. She didn't just in 1997 say, why aren't my fans like they were in 1991? What, what am I doing wrong? Give me a focus group. No, she evolved because she knew that her fan base was growing up and doing something stupid. When you when you're when your fan base is now ten years older, you need to give them some songs that's ten years old, not something that's ten years younger. Don't nobody want to hear that. I don't understand. This is not hard. It ain't that deep. Hmm. Why is everyone crazy? <laughs> right. And then the last play of please. I don't even know if this is a play of please. Um, it comes from Irv Gotti, so I guess that is an automatic play. Oh, then it's a play of please. <laughs> <laughs> well. I was watching an interview recently, and someone on the murdering producing team said that uh, Michael Jackson actually wanted the production or the beat for Ashanti, uh, her record Turn It Up, off her Concrete Rose album. Do you guys remember that song with Ja? Yep. I, re- I remember it, unfortunately. It was like a disco-sounding song. But Michael wanted that beat, and he was willing to pay a million dollars for it. But in return, he gets the beat, and he gets all the publishing and all the credits for that. Irv Gotti said no, and here we are today. The song is not a single. It's an album track. Does he get a play of please? Was that a wise business decision? Because we do know royalties and publishing, that's where the money's at. But it wasn't a single, so I don't know what the big fuss is. Just take the million. No, because Uh. Irv Gotti always has to be the smartest person in the room and proves to be the biggest dummy. Like, this is, we have, this is historical facts behind this. He probably just did not want to let go of control or something. That's all it was. He's like, no, that's mine. I want control over it. If he gets it, he's going to get the publishing and the rights. He probably never had any desire to make that a single anyway. So it was just his ego throwing money in the trash. Same old Irv. The, the type of uh, person Irv Gotti strikes me as, once he found, he, he's like such an egomaniac, he founds out like, oh, you want this beat? Then it must be the best thing ever produced. I got to keep this now. So no matter much, exactly. how much money you would have offered him, he would have kept it after after hearing Michael Jackson wanted it. Like, he's just, people like hmm. that, you know, are funny to me, man. <laughs> well, shout out to Irv. We'll get him on the podcast soon. I love that guy. <laughs> Wow, All right, guys. Never will understand. <laughs> uh, that seems to be it for this week's music. Ed, what's going on with SoInStereo.com? Aren't you like broadcasting live on Facebook Live in like ten minutes? <laughs> yes. Well, it won't be ten minutes when people listen to this. But yes, what we'll be starting for 2020 is this new deal. It's called Party of Two. It's me and my lovely wife and. If you're interested, go to the Party of Two with Edward and Gervasia Facebook page, like it. And if you like Soul and Stereo's love letters, essentially this is going to be kind of that. It's going to be my wife and I telling our story and then talking about relationships and really just living a a relationship on your own terms. I've learned in the, man, play I'm old, almost 14 years that I've been married. That so many people have perceptions of what a relationship should be or what a marriage should be because it's what somebody told them. It's like these are the rules. And as y'all know, your boy follows his own rules. And that's kind of what this is about. Just talking about how we got to where we were and how we didn't follow the rules that people put in front of us. So it's going to be fun. And if you like love letters and like hearing me yell and scream... Then you'll see the show for you. Plus, you can watch my wife put me in my place when I yell and scream. So I'm sure that'll be fun. Hold but on. Hold on, Soul and Stereo. Hold, hold on. Oh. Before you get into your plug about Soul and Stereo, Tom, sell me on why we need a wash this. Didn't Ashanti break it down for us already? It's about us. It's about trust. She said that on the Fat Joel. Oh, my. Oh, oh my God. First <laughs> of all, you're getting advice from Fat Joe and Ashanti. This is where we are in 2020. Actually, 2003, whenever that mess was. So, please check out Soul and Stereo if I put hands on this child. Because we got... Oh, yeah, I forgot to talk about this. We ranked Tyrese's albums. Just your boy, Kyle. We went through a few days ago and ranked his entire discography. So, check that out. I've got a new post coming up where we're going to be taking a look at the historic career of Tribe Called Quest. Got a few album reviews also on the way. So 
kicking it off right in 2020. The nice. funny thing about Ed's wife is she's currently giving him the single to wrap this thing up. She's ready to get started with the show. <laughs> I think enough. you can actually, I think you've got some cameras in my office. Tom, yes. <laughs> Tom, She's don't worry, we'll start, our own, we'll start our own party of two. We'll have salsa and, and tortilla chips for everyone. Oh, man, I love <laughs> chips and salsa. I'm in. Well, stop go. talking about it. I can't eat it till February. <laughs> oh, oh. That's rough. Uh, but on You Know I Got So, like Tom mentioned earlier, I interviewed Magoo. I found him. It took about six months to get it done, but we finally interviewed Magoo. Got some hate on it, but it is what it is. But a great interview with <laughs> Man, him. Man, forget now. And then, uh, funny enough, Ed, you've told us about the Taco Bell story with Magoo. He actually like confirmed it without me even asking. And uh, so you weren't lying about your friend meeting Magoo in a drive-thru. Uh, but Tom, I know on You Know I, I Got So, you've... Never lie. Uh, but Tom, on you know I got so I know you've put together a bunch of lists, and uh, you've, you've been quite active. We're having some fun picking our favorite non-single from uh, some of the bigger albums over the past couple of decades. People have uh, had some interesting answers. Uh, we might uh, take our boy, uh, I think it was Montrez Jones, who, who said that he wants us to pick our least favorite song for every album. We did that on uh, the 112 album this show, but we'll see. We'll get there eventually. We've still got some albums to get through, but it's been fun. been pretty interesting to hear people's opinions. Um, interesting is it, it might not be the right word. Some people have some crazy <laughs> opinions. Didn't you see that one <laughs> <Yeah>. guy? <laughs> Ed, did you see this? Someone said that uh, Faith Evans has no classics, but Brandy has like six. Yes, I saw this foolishness. There was a list circulating that, <laughs> that tagged you and you guys in it. And it was like, Faith has zero, Tamia has zero, but then Brandy had like five, Monica had like three. I was like, what? It proves that people, the word classic has now become album that I like. If I like an album, it's a classic. Yeah. If yeah. I like a bag of Skittles that I ate a few minutes ago, it's a classic. Like, that's <laughs> not what classic means, y'all. Clearly, this brother don't get that. Just like with your, I love the single (laughs) thing that y'all are doing, but also proves that people don't know what singles are because they'll be like, "Yes, what's your, what's your favorite non-single? The only you remix? What? (laughs) That was a single, homie." All right, guys. Yeah, I mean, that's why I've been trying to name them so people could could understand. They feel like, oh, if I didn't hear it on the radio, it must have not been a single. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, But guys, that's it for this week. Let's wrap this up. And uh, we'll be back next week with another episode.